Amen. You can be seated. Well, we're starting a new series today on something that we all need, or at least need more of, and it's this, it's wisdom. We're going to be looking at the Proverbs, going through what, it, what does it look like in our lives to have more wisdom. And it's interesting, as a pastor and just in life, the majority of the questions I get almost always boil down to wisdom. Like as important as love is, as hard as it is to love someone, not many people ask questions about love. Like nobody comes to me and says, should I love my wife or hate her? Kind of leaning towards hate. I mean, what do you think the Bible says? Like that doesn't happen. Nobody asks those questions as hard as holiness is in the life of the believer. Nobody comes to me and asks me like, should I sin or should I do the righteous thing? Right? They know what the righteous thing is to do. It's just a matter of do you have the courage to do it. So most all our questions boil down to wisdom. And we ask questions like, should I confront that guy or not? Should I move forward in this relationship or not? Should I put my money here or should I put it here? Should I add more to my schedule or should I cut back? in my schedule? Should I add more boundaries in my relationships and my family, or should I be more open and loosen up? Some of you, you've experienced this in the past. You've experienced those questions, and you didn't know how to move forward. If you're honest, you were lacking wisdom. And if you look back on those situations in your life, maybe it was with a family member, maybe it was with another relationship, maybe it was with your finances, maybe it was in your spiritual life, and you just made some bad decisions because you lacked wisdom. And if you're honest, you're still feeling the pain of that today. Some of you are there right now. There's some issues in your life that you don't know how to navigate. Right? It just seems too complicated. Like It seems like the line is, is too thin. Like You're not sure how to tread that line. You're not sure what decision to make. What's your next action step? And you're confused and you're wondering, what does wisdom look like in this area of my life? I'm not sure how to navigate it. And you're lacking wisdom. Some of you it feels like this is every season of your life. It feels like it's cycles of lacking wisdom, that you experienced pain when you were younger because of lack of wisdom, that you experienced pain as you grew up, that you've experienced that in your dating relationships, that you've experienced that in your marriage, that you experienced that in your finances. And today, if you're honest, you're just like, man, my life is chaotic, it's in disarray, and I don't know how to take the next step. It's wisdom. Right? We all need it. I can promise you this, even if you think you're wise. Maybe you have a mustache, and you stroke it, and you look wise. Even you need more wisdom. All right? We all need more wisdom, and the Bible says that God wants to give it to us. Right? It's good news. In James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. That God is a good Father, he wants to step into the messiness of your life, in the messiness of your past, in the messiness of your present, in the messiness of your future, and he wants to give you and grant you wisdom in the midst of that. So that's what we're going to get into over the next six weeks. That's what we're going to get into this morning in the book of Proverbs. So I invite you to grab a Bible. If you don't have one, there should be one right on the floor in front of you. Grab a Bible, pull it up on your phone, phone turn to Proverbs chapter 1, and as you head there, let me pray for us. Father in heaven, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for these men and women. I thank you that we all come in here in different places and different circumstances, but we all need wisdom. And God, I pray that 
this morning, that you would begin to reveal to us the sin and the folly in our lives, and that you would grant us wisdom. God, I pray that you would do that for each person here. They're not here by accident. You're wanting to speak something into their life. I pray that it would be open to receive it and apply it to their lives this morning. We pray that you would move by your spirit, through your word. It's in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, let's get right to it. Look at your Bible if you have one. You can also look on the screen. Proverbs 1, we'll start in verse 1. These are the words of Solomon inspired by God through the Holy Spirit, and it says this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction and wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. So as you just look at those first few verses, we see the purpose of the book of Proverbs. It starts off in verse 2. Look at verse 2. To know wisdom. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It talks about wisdom as a way, a path, a road. It uses it over 100 times in the book. So what is wisdom? What does it mean? Well, in Hebrew, the word is chokmah. Say that, chokmah. It's kind of fun to say, chokmah, which means skill. In the Old Testament, this word was used in the context of craftsmen, sailors, music. It's taking knowledge about something up here and having the ability to put that knowledge into practice. So that it works out beautifully. You've seen this. If you, some of you guys are builders, right? And you know what to do with wood. If you give me wood, I'm going to burn it. But there's some craftsmen out there that take wood and they make something beautiful out of it. We have a family in our church. Their father comes into town for vacation and builds a table in like a week. I don't get that. But it's skill, right? It's It's wisdom. It's like a craftsman with a piece of wood. He makes something beautiful out of it. It's like music. It's like our musicians who come up here, and they know the notes, but they're able to put them together beautifully, and you see that in action, and it's skill. And even if you don't care about music, and even if you don't care about tables, you look at that, and you marvel at it. You think, wow, how do they do that? It's skill. It's this word, chokmah. It's like Liam Neeson and Taken, just like that. Where they take his daughter, right? You guys know this. And he's on the phone. And he says this. He says, I don't have money, but what I do have is a particular set of skills. And they're not just skills like he knows martial arts. No, Liam Neeson knows martial arts, and he knows how to take down five people at one time with it. It's not just skills like he knows how to use a gun. No, he knows how to fly through the air, shoot a barrel, and blow up a building. Right, it's, it's skill. It's not just the acquisition of knowledge, it's the application of it. Right, you see that in life and wisdom in the book of Proverbs, it's not skill in those areas, while that may be helpful to fly through the air and shoot a barrel. It's skill of godly living. That's what wisdom is. It's the skill of godly living. It's applying the knowledge that you have in the proper context so that it works out beautifully. Some of you grew up in the church and and maybe you've read the Proverbs, and maybe you think they're nice sayings, they're helpful things to, to think about. Maybe you didn't even grow up in church, but you're like, I've heard of some of those Proverbs. Like, God makes your path straight. I've heard of some of these things. And maybe you think they're helpful things to put on your mirror in your bathroom to memorize. Listen, the Proverbs aren't just verses to memorize. They're skills to utilize. They work in your life, it's the wisdom of God. It's understanding how the world works in light of the wisdom of God and then putting that to practice in your life. 
We all need more of that. And we see that unfold in these verses. Verse 2, it says, the instruction and insight for your life. Right? These are skills in your life that we see in the book of Proverbs. It's insight to see distinctions in your life, understanding the differences between different things. In verse 3, look at verse 3. It's wise dealings. So it's practical wisdom. But it's not just being savvy. Right? It's not just being clever. It's pursuing righteousness, justice, and equity. In verse 4, it's prudence. Prudence is discerning different things in real-life situations. Verse 4, again, it's discretion, that it's not just enough to know the right thing to do. It's doing it when it counts. You see, the goal of the book of Proverbs isn't trite statements disconnected from reality. It's not. It's real life. It's ground-level wisdom. It's street Right? It's not lifting you up into the heavens. It's taking you down to where you live. It's wisdom. It's skill in the midst of all the circumstances, all the situations in your life. Right? It meets you in the marketplace. It meets you in your bank account. It meets you at your home. It meets you in the bedroom. It's wisdom for all of life. As we see the, the 31 chapters in Proverbs, we're not going to get to all of those in these next six weeks, but you see this unfold, it's wisdom, it's skill played out in all of life, and we all need more of it. Some of you keep wondering, why do I keep finding myself in these tough places, like financially, relationally, even spiritually, and maybe you think if I could just improve my circumstances, things would be better. Listen, if you don't have wisdom, you could get all the circumstances in your life to go exactly the way you wanted to, but you can still wreck your life. You see this in Hollywood, right? Hollywood, L.A., they have more talent more things, more fame, more money, more power. And yet, they wreck their life. I mean, just watch TMZ. Just pick up a magazine at the checkout. They, they still wreck their life. They have all these ideal circumstances, but they have more pain. They have more abuse. They have divorce. They have scandal. They end up wrecking their life. Listen, you don't need better circumstances. You need wisdom so that in any circumstance, you can flourish. That's what we see in this chapter. That's what we see in the book of Proverbs. And maybe you're saying, okay, I want that. What does that look like? Look at verse five with me. It says this, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. In these couple verses, you see that wisdom involves action. Look at those verses. Let the wise hear. It's action. You're, you're actively listening. You increase in learning. It's action. You obtain guidance. You go out and find other people who can give you counsel and coaching in your life. It involves action. At the gym that I work out at, which is not often, but at the gym that I sometimes go to, there's this guy who's always in the locker room. He's always in the locker room, and he's there when I get there, and he's there when I leave. Like, he loves it up there. And he loves the hot tub. He hits that. He loves the TVs in the locker room. He watches those. He loves to chat people up. He's always, whatever sporting event is coming up, he's always like, Oregon, Florida State, who you got? The Masters, Rory, Tiger, who you got? I mean, just anybody there, you think they're best friends, right? And they're not. He's just, anybody there who will listen, he chats them up, he loves sitting in the hot tub, he loves watching the TV so much so that the other day there was a, a front desk attendant who he had come back to the locker room and say, it was a huge crisis, and say, every time this TV comes on, it's Fox News, not ESPN. You guys need to fix that. 
I mean, let me show you. And there's a commercial on, so you can't see. You don't know what channel it's on. And he's waiting. He's like, just wait. It's going to be Fox News. Just watch. And Fox News comes up, and he's like, see? See? It's Fox News, not ESPN. And I'm sure the, the front desk attendant is just thinking, or you could just work out. You could actually go into the gym. And then maybe the TV channel wouldn't matter as much. But he, he's always in the locker room. And listen, I don't work out a lot, just enough to be sore the next day. But I know this, that you have to get out on the gym floor to make progress. Like you have to grab a weight to make progress. And it's the same way in wisdom. It involves action, hearing, listening, obtaining guidance, learning. You have to get out on the gym floor. And some of you are looking back in your life, and maybe even you're at that place now, and you're in the safety of the locker room. You're here at church, maybe you grew up in the church, and you kind of just sit back. You chat people up, you sit back and you observe, you enjoy some of these things. And listen, we're glad you're here. We want you to come to church. That's a huge step of faith. But we want more for you than that. We want you to get out on the gym floor. We want you to pick up some weights and get involved, right? And so some of you are, are, are sitting in the locker room in a vacuum, and you, you think you have wisdom. You think you know. You look at politics and the dysfunction of politics, and you, you can talk about that all day. You can assess it up and down. You look at our inadequate schools, and you can assess those problems all day. You look at the foolishness of other drivers. We all do this. The people who don't know how to drive in Phoenix, who cut us off, who tailgate us. And we can assess that up and down all day, and we can find all the solutions. But yet, when it comes to our own life, when somebody asks you, hey, how does that work out in your own life? Like, what does that look like, relationships? What does that look like, sex? What does that look like finances in your life? What does that look like for you? And all of a sudden, you're speechless, right? You can talk about wisdom for everybody else all day, but when it comes to yourself, you're speechless because you're in the locker room. It's in a vacuum. It's not in real life. It's not active. I'm glad you're here, but we want you to take the next step because I want you to have wisdom. I want you to begin to step out in faith and listen to obtain guidance, to learn from other people. And this is what that can look like. If you're taking notes, you could write these three things down that we wanna listen, we wanna learn, and we wanna look. You see that in verse five. Look at verse five. It says, let the wise hear, that you would have a humility to listen, that you would ask questions. This is an art, right? This is an art to ask questions of God and others. And some of you are thinking, well, I don't know how to listen, especially to God. I mean, that's for super spiritual people. I don't know what that looks like. You can learn how to listen to God. You can learn how to discern the voice of God. You see this in the Old Testament with Samuel, the prophet Samuel. He's early on in his ministry. He's laying down. He's, he's kind of sleeping with the Ark of the Covenant. It's pretty interesting. And uh, maybe just for nerds like me, but he's laying down and he hears someone call out to him, right? And he goes to his father, Eli, and he says, here I am. And his father says, son, go, go lay back down. Uh, go get some more sleep. I didn't call you. And he comes back and he says, here I am, after he hears him call him again. He says, here I am. And his father says, go back and lay down. And this happens a few more times. And finally, Eli, his father, says this. He says, son, next time that happens, say this. Speak for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. God calls out to Samuel again, and Samuel says that. He says, 
Speak, for your servant hears. And God begins to speak in his life and give him direction. Listen, this is the prophet Samuel. And he had to learn to discern the voice of God. Listen, I'm not talking about always an audible voice. While that may happen, I'm talking about discerning. How is God speaking to you? A lot of us, we we go to decisions in life. I have these conversations with you, and you're like, I'm thinking about taking this job or not. I'm trying to navigate this relationship with my brother, with my spouse, with my girlfriend, with my boyfriend, with my finances. And I'll ask you, like, how, how are you coming to those conclusions? And some of us are just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to discern the voice of God. Or some of us, just we come to other people once we've already decided, right? We're just like, hey, just to let you know, I'm moving to L.A. And I just saw you. I had lunch with you yesterday. This hasn't happened, but hypothetical. But you have a decision that you just made yesterday or last week in a vacuum by yourself. And I'm like, well, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, I just feel like God's leading me there. How? How do you discern the voice of God? Well, I don't know. It just seems like the right thing to do. Listen, that's folly. Proverbs speaks of that. It's folly. It's saying to other people, it's saying to God, I don't need to ask questions. I don't need to listen because I know. We need to learn how to discern God's voice. And it takes practice. It takes doing it. It takes sitting down in prayer. It takes journaling. It takes talking to other people. How do you discern God's voice? How do you decide what makes sense in your life? How to go here or how to go here? Where to put money, where to not put money? How to navigate this difficult relationship? It takes practice. We need to give time to that to listen. And then secondly, we see we need to learn. It says increase in learning. Again, it's action, that we learn things and we learn how to apply them. It's not just gathering new information while that's important. It's the proper application of what we already know. Listen, a lot of us, we want new information. We think maybe God's hiding something from us. We want new information. Listen, there's 66 books of the Bible that has a ton of information that would take you more than a lifetime to read and understand and learn. Pick that up. Begin to learn and increase in learning so that God might direct your steps in wisdom. And then the third thing we see is to look to others. It says the one who understands obtains guidance. It's Karate Kid. It's Mr. Miyagi, right? It's knowing and coming to a place where you know that there's things you don't know. It's coming to a place where you go to somebody else. Maybe you're not always going to find a Mr. Miyagi who teaches you how to wax on and wax off and knows everything about life. But maybe you can find a few people and obtain guidance, counsel, coaching, where you go to them and say, listen, I'm in college, and you have a career. How do you do that? When you're dating, that you go to a married couple and say, man, dating seems hard. I can only imagine once you live together 24-7. How do you do that? How are you married? How do you stay married? How do you do it for the glory of God and for the joy of yourselves? How does that happen? It's Women who are pregnant, we have a lot of those. It's dads that are about to be dads. It's going to parents in our church and saying, how do you do that? How do you raise a child? Not only when they're newborn and just changing diapers and not vomiting because of the poop, but as they get older, like, what do you do in the terrible twos? And what do you do as they get older? We have parents with teenagers. What do you do? And that, you can ask people. You obtain guidance. And listen, you have to initiate this. What, what 
really just keeps me up at night, to be honest with you, is I know there's people in our church who need this. I know that there's people who need wisdom, who desperately lack it, who need it, but they're sitting back in the locker room and they're not getting out on the gym floor. They're sitting back and they're observing and they're talking randomly about facts that they know and TV that they watch, but they're not getting in the game and asking other people for guidance. And they're hoping, maybe one day if you talk to them, they're hoping, well, well maybe somebody would come to me. Well, nobody's ever asked me if, I, if, I could, uh, if they could invest in my life. Listen, you need to initiate this. You need to obtain guidance. You need to go to some other people. And some of you are thinking, I'm not sure who that would be. Like, I'm not sure what that would even look like. And I would say to you, is there pride in that? Proverbs 16, 18 says this, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you're thinking, I'm not sure who I could learn from, when people give you advice and instruction, even if it's about something simple, you cut them off and you say, no, 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 I know. I know that. You literally cut them off. Listen, verse seven says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's what fools do. That's folly. We need to actively obtain guidance. Go to other people. There's people in this church that you can go to who have lived a little bit more life than you, who have lived it in a different context than you. You can go to them and obtain it. What's holding you back from that? Is it pride? Is it pride? That's what comes before destruction. You don't want to go there. Foolish people despise wisdom and instruction. instruction. Don't despise it. Seek it out. Go find it. After church today, just go to lunch with somebody. Right? Take small steps in that direction. This takes humility and commitment. Right? Wisdom in the book of Proverbs, it's a way, it's a path that we keep going down. We can get off that path and our life gets more difficult. It's a way, it's a path that we have to be humble enough to finally get in that path and to stick with it. Like when I go to the gym and try to get in shape, I look around at all the ripped up, fantastic people. And sometimes I think, you win. I'm going home. Like it's not worth it, I can't do it. But listen, I have to be humble enough to stay, right? As I look around and see all these ripped up people, I'm like, I'm never gonna be like that, so I might as well go home now. I have to be humble enough to say, no, I'm not there yet, and honestly, I'll probably never be there, but I can make improvement, I can make progress. I'm gonna stay in my humility, and I'm not just gonna stay in the locker room and hit the hot tub. I'm gonna get out there and stick with it. I'm gonna keep coming back because it's, commitment. I'm going to experience some pain, right? I'm going to lift some weights, and it's going to hurt. As you, in your life, as you begin to humble yourself and commit yourself to the way, to the path, to the road of wisdom, it's not going to be easy all the time. Like, it's going to hurt sometimes. People in your life, scripture, as you look, as you listen, as you learn, people are going to pull out sin and folly in your life, and it's going to be uncomfortable. But you need the humility to say, it's okay. I'm making progress, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to commit to this path because I know that ultimately it leads to his glory and my joy. Some of us, as we look at this, we, we think it sounds impossible. We think it sounds um, like I don't even have time to begin to seek other people out, to seek God out. I barely look at scripture to begin with. I mean, this sounds really intense. You need to know that for all of us, no matter where you are in life, that it all starts in one place. We see that in verse seven. Look at verse seven. It says, the fear 
of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, that fools despise wisdom and instruction. That to know wisdom, we need to know who God is. We need to know who God is Really, we don't need to know just how we feel about God or think about God. We need to know God for who he is. You see that phrase, look at the verse, the fear of the Lord. The Lord is the personal name for God. It's Yahweh. So it's not that you're scared of some God way out there. It's that you get to know God and your awe, respect, and wonder grows. That you see how big he is. You see how great he is. And then your life begins to make sense. Do you understand him and that as you observe how the world works, that those two meet and you begin to learn wisdom in your life? You see this in Ephesians amongst other places, but the way we know God the Father is primarily through Jesus the Son. And as we get to know the Son, as we get to know Jesus, we get to know wisdom. You see it in Colossians chapter 2, that in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 1 Corinthians 1, that Jesus became to us the wisdom of of God. If you fast forward in the book of Proverbs, the chapter 30, there's a guy named Agur, and he says this. He says, surely I am too stupid to be a man. He's very aware of himself. He says, I have not the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? He's looking for wisdom, and he knows he doesn't have it, but he knows just enough to know it's got to be up there with God. If someone was up there who was with God, who could come down and show me, then I could learn wisdom. Fast forward to the New Testament. In John chapter 3, you have this guy named Nicodemus. It says he's a ruler of the Jews, that he's educated, that he probably would have known the book of Proverbs, amongst other things, that he knows a lot of things. He comes to Jesus, and he's trying to figure out, Jesus, how do you say the things that you say? Like, how can you say those things? You must have some sort of knowledge of God. And Jesus says this, listen, John chapter 3, he says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Jesus says, I'm the one. I'm the one that Agur in Proverbs chapter 30 longed for. I'm the one, Nicodemus, you're trying to figure out if I've been around God and have knowledge of God. I haven't just been around God. I am God in the flesh. Jesus proclaims that to Nicodemus. He proclaims that to Agur. He proclaims that to you. Listen, to know Jesus is to know wisdom. Wisdom isn't just a proverb, it's a person. His name is Jesus Christ. As we get to know Jesus, we become more wise, right? This isn't, Proverbs isn't just this sort of, well, that's one type of scripture, and we just look at that for certain reasons, and then we go to the Gospels for other reasons. No, it all points to Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus. He is the one. He's the one that Agur looked for. He said, who has ascended into heaven? Who can come down to heaven and show me? Nicodemus says, maybe you've been around God. Jesus says, no, I am God. I am wisdom personified. You need to get to know me. As we look at the book of Proverbs, I don't want you to miss Jesus. The Proverbs point us to Jesus. Last Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection. We talked about how Jesus died, but he came back to life, that he's alive today that he descended, that he became a man, that he entered into human history, that he lived a life that you could never live, that he died a death in your place. But he didn't stay dead. He ascended 
right? He rose again, and then he ascended, and he, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's seated. There's a permanence there. Our security is in him. Our wisdom is in him. As we go through this book, we're going to learn a lot of things in the book of Proverbs. We're going to address things like words, sex, finances, family. Don't miss Jesus. Don't miss the one who descended and ascended, who has not just been around God, but who is God in the flesh. You get to know him. You know wisdom. But we need to ask for this, right? James 1, we started out looking at that. James 1, if anyone asks God, that he will grant wisdom. So we need to ask for it. Let's do that now. Father in heaven, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that even as we look at the book of Proverbs, that we can look and see how Jesus, is, at the end of the day, it all points to him. God, I pray for these men and women. I pray that as they think through and process in their life how they need wisdom, how to navigate certain decisions and choices in their lives. God, they wouldn't be overwhelmed by just taking steps, but they would take the first and most important step and look to Jesus. God, even if we know Jesus, that we would go back to Jesus and see how he is wisdom. He's the wisdom of God. Father, help us to do that. Help defeat our pride. God, I pray by the Holy Spirit's power that you would even now break down pride. That's thinking about other people and how they can learn from this and how they can apply this. And we would think about ourselves. We would think, God, how can you intervene in my life? How can I become more wise in all the situations and circumstances that I face? God, break down pride. God, I pray that you would give us just practical wisdom of how to make decisions in our life. I know that there's men and women here that are hurting, that are even just, just feel a chaos that never leaves them, that just feel a busyness that they can, they can never get away from. God, you want more for us than that. You want us to be wise. You want us to flourish in that. And it doesn't always look like how we think it should look, but God, I pray that we would seek out how you think it should look in our lives, in our relationships, in our finances, in our family, in our spiritual life. That we would begin to deal with that today and you would illuminate your wisdom to us by your spirit. Father, we pray that, we ask that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.